Hello, and welcome again to Forefront 360, where we hang out at the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. In today's episode, the Forefront team will have the pleasure of discussing the most recent addition to our blog, Echoes of Exodus, Reading Scripture as Music, written for us by our newest core team member, Sean O'Hare. I would like to welcome to the discussion, Nate Mancini. Hello. Cody Schweikert. Yo, yo, yo. Zach Ozinski. Hello. <laughs> Robbie Davis. Hello, Forefront listeners. Of course, Sean O'Hare. Hey there. And you listeners as well. So, Sean, how are you? Excellent. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, it was great. Good time. Me as well. And hope all of you did too. So, Sean, for those of us who have read your entry and those listeners who may not have had the time yet, uh, could you give us a brief rundown of what you've written and why? Certainly. So to to give you guys just a a little background, um, earlier this year in the spring, I was blessed to be able to go down to uh, South Carolina, and I participated in an excellent uh, study program put on by the Davin Institute. And... um, the the person who was the teacher there at the at the study program was actually one of the authors of this book that I was writing about. Um, so it's fun. I got got a good chance to hang out with him and get to know him a little bit. And um, we talked about a lot of other things that were the focus of the program. But throughout the course of the week, one of the things that came up was the book that he had just written. So we got a chance to dig into the background of the book a little bit, his personal story for writing and stuff. Um, so I was really interested, and I uh, picked up a copy when I was there. I got a chance to read it uh, a month or so later, and I really enjoyed it. And there's really a lot, a lot going on there. Obviously, the, the title alludes to um, the prevalence of the Exodus narrative and you know all throughout the, the Bible. Um, but one of the things that was really compelling to me um, that really struck me was besides the four uh, other points that they laid out in beginning the book, their motivations for writing the book and why it was relevant to um, the church at this particular moment in time. One of the things that really struck me was the ways that they really leaned on a, a metaphor of music and an understanding of scripture that was very musical. And that was the kind of the medium by which they expressed the prevalence of the Exodus narrative. Um, and obviously um, I thought that was a, a, a very relevant thing to the, the kinds of conversations that we, we have here. So I wanted to kind of bring that into the, the orbit of what we're talking about. Um, we could definitely unpack a lot more about that, but that's just the, the general idea. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, let me say uh, just, just a quick plug. If any of you are listening and you haven't read um, Sean's entry yet, you should really head over to our website and read it or you can click through on social. Uh, Sean is one of the best writers that I've ever read. And uh, oh, yeah, sure. Sean is an excellent writer, um, blog posts and otherwise. So you should have um, heard what he said off the air. It wasn't it wasn't as nice. <laughs> no, <kidding>. well, <laughs> all right. Well, some of us have um, prepared some questions for you, Sean. Yeah. So, Sean, I really enjoyed uh, your post. This is Nate, and uh, I thought it was interesting how you, you talk about the authors giving this metaphor of scripture as music. Yeah. Um, you say that 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 things like the the Pentateuch, the prophets, the gospels or epistles, um, the scriptural timeline, all these things are are ways of experience experiencing scripture as a piece of divine music. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a pretty bold metaphor uh, because I think that um, anytime a book claims to be musical, uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of trying to really elevate it 
beyond your your typical book because it's saying oh no like this isn't just a bunch of words like this isn't even just like carefully crafted words this isn't even just poetry this is this is music you know it's kind of taking it beyond uh, a base level and so I feel like that's really bold and I, I wonder um, as you've thought about this metaphor have you found that to be accurate of scripture and and what have you gained from that um, has there been anything about that metaphor that's that's led you to discover new things in scripture or uh, appreciate it in new ways? Sure. Um, that's a, that's an excellent question. I think in, in a broader sense, um, just to kind of go after what you were saying there in terms of what, what recalibration or uh, understanding this has opened up for me. I think um, as I progress through the book, there's a strong impression that, you realize like, there's a lot that I've been missing here. And, um, you know, I've, I've grown up with, within uh, contexts where scripture is prevalent and um, it's really refreshing to go back through something that you have interacted with for a long period of time and realize that in some kind of glorious sense, like there's so much more to be unpacked here. There's mm -hmm. so many more ways in which this can shape me. And I had, I didn't even have a conception of it. Isn't it um, so true that a lot of us, sorry, I didn't oh, good. I, I feel that a lot of us who grew up around scripture or grew up in the church sometimes have the hardest time seeing the beauty yes. in scripture and exactly. in the church, yeah. which is so interesting. And yeah. what you're, mm. what you're reminds me of that. Yeah. And, and so to follow that point along, I think one of the, one of the big things that, that strikes me, and this is actually one of the, um, one of the things that they point out in the beginning for their motivation for wanting to write the book in the first place is that when you begin to understand the, the ways that there's all these echoes throughout scripture, you are confronted with the unity of the message and you are really floored at how creatively it's all intertwined together. And it, it makes it hard to view either, you know, just like the old and new Testament or even just like the, the specific books in it as isolated things. There's mm -hmm. a, a continuity that runs throughout it. Um, and I think that has big implications in, you know, your personal life, right. That is reflected in, in the ways that your own seasons through life or your own chapters in the story of your life are guided by, um, God and his, his sovereign will that has, that has thread these, these themes throughout your own life. So it's a really comforting thing to, to be reminded of. Um, and to go to the first thing that you were bringing up there, you bring up a really good point that that is a high level of excellence that we're calling in, in, into our minds when we're talking about scriptures being music. Um, but I think if any text could, could, receive that sort of treatment i think you know a text that we rightly treat as a, a divine piece of artwork uh you know i think it's an appropriate thing to do and i think gravitating towards ascribing that sort of musical excellence to it returns it to the rightful place that it should have in our minds if that if that makes sense mm -hmm. so, yeah it, yeah you just uh reminded me of a, a thought too um, it's very interesting because we're talking about how, um, you know, we're elevating a text to music and, and we touched on already the fact that the, you know, sometimes when you think of musical text, you might think of poetry, things mm -hmm. like that. 
Yeah. And, and often in a study, like even at the you know high school level, when we talk about literature, we might talk about like the images that are painted by the words. Like there's a lot of artistic references in our discussions of the written word. Um, and one thing it's, that's really interesting is if, uh, if you look back at very, you know, old ancient historical uses of the written word in many different cultures, like Greek, Chinese, mm -hmm. whatever, um, what separated technical or purely purposeful writing from art was that it was musical. Sure. So like the, um, like the old Greek dramas and the Greek epics um, had cadence, if yeah. not rhyme, sure. and um, assonance and things mm -hmm. like that. And um, I'm, if I'm not wrong, I think that's also true of like Persian writing and okay. Chinese writing and things like that. And um, so it, it's kind of interesting mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, granted, we know that scripture is old, but mm -hmm. I think that it's... Uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing that scripture is both written to be a kind of practical guide to life, mm -hmm. but also it's written to be beautiful and musical yeah. as well in its sure. original tongues. Yeah. It's just really interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like often I think of like creation as God's art and the Bible is God's word, almost like those are separate things, but it's yeah. cool to kind of look at God's word and realize that that is in itself also an art form. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nate, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing, Nate, and I was thinking, well, God's creation is general revelation is about declaring his beauty mm -hmm. and his special revelation in scripture is about, you know, communicating information. But I think both creations and both revelations are both concerned with information and beauty, you know, even the natural world and mm -hmm. you know we talk about science and how that's i mean we learn information about god even in those ways so that's a really cool yeah. comment yeah day by day they pour forth speech mm -hmm. well sean so you opened your your piece here um recounting a performance and post-show talk that you saw with pianist Sandro Russo mm -hmm. and he discussed after his performance of playing Chopin and Debussy and Scriabin about his value of being faithful to the music of these composers in his performances expressing and illustrating what they desired in writing these pieces yeah. to the best of his ability. And, you know, that's like, within like the classical music realm, that's a debate that sure. happens all the time where, you know, there are composers that say, well, once I've written a piece and published it and it's in somebody else's hands, it's no longer my piece. It is the performer's piece. And, you'll find other composers that say, no, this is my music. This is how it needs to be played. Sure. And so this performer in particular values the side of, of um, honoring the composer in such a way that is faithful to what they, they wanted. So my, my question is, so if we're looking at scripture as this divine piece of music, that is in our hands mm -hmm. uh, 
just like a composer, like just like a performers would have music on their stand. What is the responsibility to a reader of the script of scripture? That's, that's, that's really interesting. And actually, let me just zoom back a little bit and comment too about what you were, you, you were using to set up that, that question too. Like the question of, you know, once someone creates something and puts it out there, does it belong to them still, or does it belong to the performance at large? That's, that's a, that's interesting to look at that as it plays out in other types of art too. Like I, what comes to mind is um, I, I read a little bit about Tolkien and his, and his exposition of his work after he had created this world. And he spent a lot of time being like very strict about the ways in which it was represented. And he spent a lot of time like defending, you know, an accurate understanding of what he was, what he was um, getting at. So that, that's just a side note, but that's very interesting, but it's an excellent, excellent question. And I think that's one of the big reasons that I zoomed in on, identifying scripture as having a musical character because there are granted there are some ways in which we each bring our own ear to the piece right and we each accentuate different aspects of it but there's also a distinct song that's that's truly there and the interplay between those things two things are, are are very interesting but I think it's an important discussion to have, and I wouldn't necessarily come down super hard on either side of that. But I think it's a really important thing to be reminded of that there's a distinct song that that is resonating throughout Scripture, and there's there's distinct melodies like redemption and slavery to sin and um, grace and all these different things that have a distinct musical shape as they play themselves out in our lives. And so it's an important thing to to recall as we look at this text that we're dealing with. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure if if that fully answers your question or not. Is, is there any other aspects of that you, you want to unpack at all? Or Well, I think your framing of scripture as, as like a piece of music and um, introducing it with that that role of like the relationship of the musical, the musician, the performer with his score, with his yeah. music. Um, and that like, this is his piece or her piece mm-hmm. to bring to life. And so what is it about, like, what does framing scripture as music? How does that transform how we, how we read scripture? Sure. sure. Well, I think one of the elements that was really salient to me as I'm listening to um, him describe his philosophy towards musical interpretation is that there was a, there was a real weight to it, right? Like there were some of the questions that he was re- responding to were people asking him how he approached performing the music. And you could tell there was a deep sobriety that accompanied that. And I think that lending a musical character to scripture and realizing that's in many senses, that's what scripture is. Um, it gives us, uh, a perspective that is deeply sober and and there's a like there's a lot of um there's a lot of, there's a lot riding on the on the ways in which we interpret it and understand what it is truly saying and then the ways that it begins to re- reverberate out into our to our practices and, and to our artistry and into our lives so that, that was one of the big things that struck me is like that's an aspect that is really available when we begin to look at scripture as musical. Like there's a, there's a, there's a deep 
um, responsibility that is that is given to us to properly interpret it and to and to gracefully perform it in, in our own lives. Sure. And at the risk of taking the metaphor too far, it, it seems like conducting somebody else's another composer's music is almost similar to somebody preaching God's word to other people in that, you know, in that way, you do have a deep allegiance to the author's intent, you know, and I think there is, there obviously needs to be some sobriety and reverence when we approach scripture uh, as we try to interpret it, you know, and that might be a way that it, it it differs the music or that it, you know, is the same as music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, Expanding on that, like J.S. Bach, I think, in like the classical music world is like the composer where this debate gets hit the hardest, where though there are people who say, like, this is how Bach is supposed to be played. And then there are people who say, well, Bach's dead, so who cares? <laughs> sure. And that's certainly the easier answer. But by the same token, it's it's so it's so lack like the I feel like the two ends of the extremes are so lacking in in nuance that like that nuance in the like that you were talking about um, that there's so much more depth and life to to music and to scripture equally beyond what is just on the page. Yes. Yeah. And and just as in the sense that there is a deep sobriety that accompanies, you know, interpreting this piece of music that we have at our at our disposal, there's also a lot of freedom in it too, right? There's and they they both run together in a in a very beautiful way. The interesting thing is so let me, let me see if I can properly unpack this idea, but the interesting thing is is that the more we adhere to a truer understanding of what's happening within scripture and the songs that are being played out, the more we understand the freedom that God gives us. Right. And there's, there is a freedom to perform these truths of, of grace and, and kindness and unconditional love um, in unique ways within our own lives. And so there, there's, as you become more constrained in some ways, you also become more free in others. And I think that's, that's, a, that gets at a little bit of the nuance that you're talking about there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sean, I just wanted to kind of close it by asking you a more personal question, I guess. So we talked a lot about different um, inspirations and, and how those things kind of are rooted mm-hmm. in Scripture and that Scripture is the word. And we talked about music, musical expression, talked about theology, we talked about writing and all these different things. Yeah. So I just want to ask for you, is there kind of a source where you as a person would say that you kind of most often go to receive inspiration and sort of to think about truth? Like maybe do you go to music or, you know, what, where, where do you find yeah. that? Well, I think um, this has kind of always been a, a baseline response for me too, but I think in reading this book, it has, um, and really, really engaging with the ideas within the book, it has reminded me that the most rewarding place that I can go to for these sorts of art, artistic formation that I was getting at when I was talking the piece um, is the pages of scripture, right? And, and, the, and the music that's happening there. 
And I really wanted to highlight that when I was writing because as I point out, there's it's very easy to like within a lot of the circles that we we often run in, it's very easy to say, oh, look at the artistry of God, you know, in nature and I list a few other things in, in the piece, but it's easy to neglect the mind-boggling artistry that's happening within scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do that at our own at our own loss. I think there's there's so much discipline that we can learn as artists when when we when we understand the musical nature of scripture and there's so much freedom that we can learn. There's so many ideas that we can get. And also the idea of collaboration is something that just kind of came to mind too. Like um, as we were talking about just a second ago about bringing a piece of music to life, there is a collaborative process that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And also there's a collaborative process that happened to bring scripture about like you've, that's literally the story of scripture is God divinely teamed up with these people to encapsulate these, these eternal truths within scripture. And he had his, his, bird's eye perspective on it but he also employed the the efforts of humans to to yeah. put that into writing and to to give it a human touch and um so that's even an inspiring thing too is like i can become part of that process yeah by by really diving into to what's going on there in scripture so there's just a few things it's just Again, it's just been a great reminder as I interacted with these ideas and as I tried to to present them uh, in a coherent way in in, the, in my post. There, um, it's been refreshing to understand like there is there's a limitless source of artistic formation that's happening in scripture, and there is no point at which you return to it and you're ever disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also it informs like I also mm. turn to a lot of other contexts and mediums to to get those creative juices flowing in a sense but scripture is this this center point that actually informs those other contexts so the more that i understand god's intricate involvement with the natural world the more through reading pages of scripture the more i can go out in the world and be reminded of that truth in an explicit way within within nature or the more I understand, even about like music as its own thing, my understanding of scripture as music is is really informative of that those contexts. Or you know, pick painting yeah. or any other artistic medium. Scripture speaks to those things in a way that transcends them, but also enters into them, and it's it's very inspiring. So, mm-hmm. what a countercultural idea that uh, <laughs> getting serious. closer to God through scripture would actually make your life better. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much sean for answering <laughs> our questions and thank you listeners for spending time with us and with these ideas uh be sure to subscribe follow us on social and check out our blog at forefrontfestival.com in order to keep the conversation going there's a lot of great weight here and excellence needs your help until next time or you just autoplay the next episode goodbye from us at forefront see you next time see you guys <laughs>